Hi, I'm Max Zadek, and I'm the host of DivaMedic's Diva Talk Radio Podcast. Today, we're discussing ways to feel comfortable sharing your diabetes diagnosis with friends, family members, and even romantic partners with my guests, the co-authors of DivaMedic's first ever ebook, Sweet Romance, Dr. Janice Rosler and Donna Rice. This podcast supports DivaMedic's partnership with Diabetes Sisters, first ever Love Across Life Stages of Diabetes survey. Please take a minute to fill out our survey that's available at either divabetic.org or diabetesisters.org. Your answers will help guide both organizations' outreach efforts in the upcoming year. Now, let's jump into it because it's such an exciting topic for us to cover for our listeners. And some of them might be filling out the survey as we speak and have questions or pondering ideas about what we're asking. So Janice, I wanna start with you. We know it's difficult or challenging to discuss this topic of diabetes or even an issue related to your diabetes health with friends, family members, and romantic partners. But why? Why is it so difficult to open up about a health status? We're in a society that judges a lot. So we're used to being judged. We're used to judging others. And if you disclose something that others may think make you uh, sound like you have some deficiency or something broken or something that could be problematic in the future, uh, you know, you just don't want to go there. But the thing is, it's that perception about this brokenness and deficiency and all that. I hate to use those words because that's not what having diabetes is all about. That comes from an, from real ignorance about what it is to live with diabetes. At the same time, the diabetes quote-unquote police are very prevalent, Donna. So what are your thoughts? What might help you get past that obstacle? I think so much has to do with education. And I think it's really important to take a step back, take a breath, and then really educate people about diabetes and really what it means. And I think once people understand it and they really understand what you're going through, it makes a really big difference. But I think like Janice mentioned, a lot of it is just ignorance and they just don't understand the disease and how the disease, you know, it's like is, there's so many things that you can't really control within that disease. And I think when people start to understand that it just kind of like kind of opens up the door it kind of opens up those lines of communication and just recently I had somebody say you know it was really easy to talk about diabetes because today it's so common and I find so many people have diabetes so I think once they feel that kind of that camaraderie maybe because I you know I know even on a plane or something, if I'm doing some work, they'll say, oh, diabetes, you know, I have diabetes. So I, I just think it's pretty common out there now and people are more willing to kind of like step up and talk about it. I'm gonna play devil's advocate with you, Janice, and create a character named Maggie, who's on the fence about it. What are some of the positive outcomes she could get by choosing to be a little bit more open about having a diagnosis with friends, family members, or even her spouse. It's scary. So Maggie, take a deep breath. But what, what, why do it? What's the benefit? First of all, that it's a real part of you when you have diabetes. This is something that lives with you, goes with you, is with you 24 seven into the bedroom, it can impact your sex life, it can uh, affect how your day goes, how your moods go, what you eat, what you do, what type of activities you choose. So it's such a big part of you. It's almost like having a partner 
that is standing next to you and you don't introduce the partner because having someone say, oh, I see that you have this life that includes this, they can make some different decisions about how they interact with you. So that's one thing. Another thing is safety. If there's any type of problem, if your blood sugar happens to go low and you're not feeling well, having people close to you who know what's going on will know what to offer you. They're not just, you know, there were horror stories about people who had diabetes and um, got dizzy and everyone around them just said, sit down, uh, sleep it off. Maybe you just need some, you know, something for a headache. And then they ended up in serious trouble because they didn't realize that they needed medical attention. So that's the safety piece. I have two ideas of situations that might force you to come out regarding your diagnosis. And I want to ask each of you separately. Donna, I'm going to give you a type one scenario and then Janice will give you a type two scenario. So Donna, you know, a lot of people like Janice just said might be going low. So they might have to treat themselves out in public if they're living with type one diabetes. And sometimes that means taking out a quote unquote needle or a medical device, which could scare a lot of the people at the table. So if Maggie's at the cafeteria with her coworkers and has to take out the device and suddenly she looks around and sees people are puzzled, confused, alarmed by what they see. How would you advise Maggie to maybe take this moment to begin a conversation with her coworkers? You know, if it was at, at that moment or at that second and she had to check her blood sugar because she felt she was going low, I think she can kind of maybe explain it. You know, I have diabetes and sometimes my blood sugar gets slow and this is what I have to do. I think if it was a really serious situation where she passed out, that would be entirely different, right? But that's where it goes with support. I think the more people, and I could tell you so many of the people that I've taken care of have said, the more people that know I have diabetes, the better I am and the more comfortable I am. So I, I just think that communication piece is just like, is so important. But I think that was the perfect teaching moment where she could really explain and tell them what she's doing and why she's doing. So I think that's the perfect moment. And then she needs to kind of evaluate the response that people got. And I think for the most part, people are like very supportive and understanding, especially like in situations that are somewhat of an emergency situation. And Janice, now Maggie's living with type two. She's at book club. I've done an incredible charcuterie board and have all the food out. And, you know, she's reaching for something. We know that I might've known she heard she had diabetes and here's the food police at the table wondering why is she going for that second piece of brie cheese? I don't know, I'm just making something up. Like how does she begin to discuss either the difference between type one and type two if, if Maggie's type one or how does she even begin to, going back to what you are saying earlier about the judgment, how does she overcome judgment? Like, what would she say regarding that if someone like me came up to her and said, do you really think you should be eating that, Maggie? I'm going to take it backwards a little bit. I think that attitude is contagious. I think that the people around us don't know how to deal with diabetes. They don't know what to think about it. They don't know how to how to judge if there's a problem. And if Maggie shows up with confidence and calm and she says, thank you so much, Max. I appreciate your concern, but I, I know all about what's right for me. I have really good medical professionals who are guiding me. And I know that I can enjoy this extra piece of cake and I'll be fine. And don't worry, I'm, I'm really in good hands. 
and I'm okay. And that's it. But she's coming across with knowledge, with um, uh, information, with confidence. And that way, if you are asking about this cake, you can relax and feel, okay, I guess, you know, uh, I guess she's she knows her stuff. So uh, now I can go have my second piece of cake. So that the confidence piece, learning yourself first about what you can do, what's right for you, and then just having that information at hand, not to create a gigantic discussion, but just to drop those small messages that, uh, yeah, thanks, I, I know what to do. Don't, you're okay, you don't have to worry about me. This is a very hard conversation for people to have, specifically if they might be dealing with a health-related challenge. So, you know, because that's embarrassing to talk about and because our survey is covering some of these topics, I'm curious how some of your patients have dealt with it and if you could offer a testimonial that might make it be easier for someone to answer those questions honestly that we have on the survey or even tonight or today uh, broach the subject with their partner? The general population is not used to having pre-conversations. We view sex, especially if it's uh, not in a long-term relationship, but in something new and fresh and, and uh, you know, where there hasn't been a lot of history and getting to know each other. We like to have it be exciting, jump in the bed, rolling in the sheets, and, uh, and think that that would be magical. Whereas having a conversation with a little bit of preparation can make it so much more enjoyable. What's the story and where does this come from? I know someone who was in um, having intimate activity with someone that they were dating and uh, started to have a blood sugar low because physical activity, sexual activity is physical activity. So it can cause your blood sugar to drop. If you don't have snacks, if you don't have enough food in your system, enough glucose circulating around. And what happened is she started to fall asleep. And here he was all excited, a male partner. And all of a sudden she's asleep. And he was so insulted he did not know she had diabetes. He didn't know that uh, what they had eaten would prompt her to be have, to have a low or to drop. And he was insulted. There was miscommunication. He felt rejected. And they, uh, I, I recall that they didn't have a sec, you know, second time getting together. Had they set up a small conversation and said, look, if I start to fade out a little bit, I'm just gonna put a few things on the next to me. I've got a little bit of juice. I have some snacks. Um, don't take it personally. That's my diabetes talking because it goes with me into the bedroom. And just uh, let me know if you see me dozing off. It's not a reflection of you or your technique or your skill. It's just diabetes coming into the room with us. And I'll do my best to prepare for this. And he would go, okay, gotcha. And it's having that small conversation. Again, most of us don't have a conversation before we're intimate with people who, like I said, we don't know as well over years. Um, but uh, that this preparation can be so helpful and can actually 
save an evening and save a relationship. This survey isn't just about sex. It's also about menopause and about fertility. A lot of women have seen steel magnolias, thought of steel magnolias. So some of these questions they want to bring to their doctor and they might be nervous. They might be worried about what would happen if they got pregnant and they might be embarrassed about talking about menopause or feeling like they're having symptoms of menopause. And a lot of our healthcare collaborators might not be willing to broach that subject either. So the question to you is, how do I communicate some of those embarrassing or secretive feelings I might be having around aging with diabetes or wanting to have a child with my healthcare uh, collaborator? I think bringing the survey questions or writing those survey questions down, taking them to your family practice doctor, your PA, your diabetes educator, and say, hey, you know, I, I took this quiz, I read this question, and, it, it, and, and it's me. This is happening to me. I think that's really a good way to do it. And um, I think having something in hand and then saying, hey, I read this or whatever, could this be happening to me? It is happening to me. I think really can make a really big difference in communicating because oftentimes, you feel like you're pressured for time. You know, you go in and the average visit is what, 10 minutes today? And you have to, you know, review your blood sugar log, your, you know, your blood pressure, maybe you reconcile on your um, medications, whatever. And there's really no time for some of those questions. And I think if you could, you know, have it in hand and just say, hey, this is happening to me. I read this or I took this survey. Can you help me? I think that can open up some doors for that communication piece. And maybe, you know, that, that healthcare provider can then refer you or offer some resources to you. And I think that's why at Diabetes Sisters, we're so happy to be working with you in Divabetics to really get this survey out because it is information and it's gonna help women understand that diabetes could affect you throughout your journey in life and that there's education and people to help and support for you in all these different areas. Right on, and I just wanna thank my guests today, Dr. Janice Rosler and Donna Rice, the co-authors of Divabetics' first ebook, Sweet Romance, A Woman's Guide to Love and Intimacy with Diabetes. And I want to urge you again to take part in our survey and remind you that although our primary focus is on women, the survey is open to everyone and we welcome anyone's answers. Divabetic, it's all about attitude.